0: Hey everybody, Mark Ahrensberg here with The Pure Now Show. This is episode number 11. My guest today on the show is Martin Reher. Martin is originally from Berlin, Germany, now working in Singapore. His expertise is storytelling while leveraging a multitude of relationships across multiple channels to offer his clients an expansive opportunity to tell their story in a unique way. Here we go. Hey, Martin. Hi, Mark. How's it going, man? Yeah, pretty good. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to be a guest on Pure Now. We're really excited to have you on. Isn't your foundation sound? Sound design? That's
1: 100% correct. That's sort of my personal background is music and sound design. But I would always say that essentially for me, it's it's storytelling that motivates me. It's like, I'm a, I'm a contextual person. So music was just one, one way to express that.
0: Let's figure out how this all started. I'd like to find out how you kind of entered this path and as a young person, what were some of those influences or what created that spark that got you thinking about creating a life around it?
1: I kind of slipped into it in terms of the professional side of things. I mean, I originally had plans uh, after I started picking up the guitar, after I played in bands, I wanted to study guitar. That was my initial so when most teenagers were still figuring out what they wanted to do, I was actually very clear on what I wanted to do. And that was studying music. Turns out that while I was practicing to actually do that, my teacher at the time, my guitar teacher, said to me that I would have to figure out what the professors at uni, what kind of preferences, what kind of personal taste they had, and then sort of learn my stuff towards what they would like. And that got me thinking, I was like, that's not what I want to do. I mean, the reason I was interested in music, was because I could create stuff and because I could be free to to explore things that would sort of be close to my heart and I could put them into, into music. So that made me go away from that field and I thought, you know what, I'm just gonna have a job just like everybody else, just be a normal person and not really you know think of becoming a rock star or music composer anymore it wasn't heartbreaking for me to come to terms with that it was more like you know what just do something and then figure it out along the way and that's always been sort of my mantra just throw yourself in there and see what see what happens and so i kind of more or less by accident ended up in the media industry at the time broadcast television mtv in case you still remember those days well that's a,
0: you know what it's an an interesting common denominator amongst our guests is I would say of the guests that we've had thus far, at least 50% of them were inspired and motivated by an MTV experience and also to go on to work for MTV. So
1: and there you go, that's cool. the platform. Right?
0: Yeah, you were born in Germany.
1: Yeah, yeah, correct. So I, I grew up in, I actually, I, I I was born in East Berlin. So I, I was still, I was, I'm was i still old enough to be born in a country that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So I'm originally from, from that part, but yeah, I grew up in Berlin and lived there for, until I was like 22, until I moved to Austria. And now now I'm in Singapore here in Asia.
0: What were your musical influences back then?
1: Oh, Metallica. Massively. So I was, a, I was a massive Metallica fan at the time. I had long hair, I did the whole thing, played in metal bands. I was also weirdly and simultaneously influenced by a lot of film scores. So I, I listened to James Horner and John Williams and all the, the big names of, of that industry at the time. And that sort of gave me a lot of very, very weird influences that, that I still would, I would say I still carry them
0: today. Well, that might be part of your soundscaping or creating these audio immersive environments. That must have played a factor in, in how you think about bringing music into the you know media experience.
1: I think so. I mean, I think I bring it into every experience. And to be honest, like what I'm doing today is, is completely different to, to, to composing music in a way, because now it's more about innovation, it's about change, it's about delivering creative concepts. But still, to a large degree, I'm, I'm using the terminologies from that time. So I'm, when thinking of change, for example, I'm thinking a lot about rhythm. It has to do with timing, which is extremely important in music. I'm thinking in harmonies versus balances because I think the terminology that I learned in music lends itself to pretty much everything I do now, which is more on the innovation side of things, helping companies to build concepts towards the, um, during the transformational times that we're in. So uh, a lot of it has to do with timing, with rhythm, creating harmonies. And I think that for me is more the, the, the commonality be- between the things that I used to do and what I'm doing now. So it's still very much there. I'm still feeding off these influences, but I'm translating them into different mediums and different areas.
0: Tell me about you starting up Mitzah. Was this your first company of that type? And- yeah,
1: Mista is my first company of that type. I used to work self-employed for a long time before that. So I, I was I joined Red Bull in 2010. I worked with them for five years, and then I became self-employed. And when I moved to Singapore, I started Mista Production at the time, and now that's become Mista. We started as a production company based here in Singapore, and now we're we we lost the production part of the name and we're not really focusing on, on, on making change happen.
0: Okay, because I know you're also you're a strategist, you're an entrepreneur, you really have your hands into a lot of aspects of the client engagement and what your offerings are. Tell me more about what is MISTA providing that's unique and how are you integral in this process of working with clients and delivering these interesting solutions?
1: Yeah, One of the things that we've noticed is that it seems like change is happening so fast today uh, that it's difficult to keep up with everyone. So I'm 35 years old now, and if I look at what's happening on TikTok, I can, I can see that, wow, this is so fast, it's difficult to keep up with the medium. And I think this, this is something that goes across industries and a lot of people feel that, and that's because change is, is happening exponentially and not linear. So we're now doubling the speed of, of knowledge of innovation and companies and business models have to figure out a way to survive in, in this kind of environment. So what, what came out of that is for us is exactly that holistic um, systems thinking that I learned through my times as a musician is to be agile and to be, and to be flexible. So what we're doing specifically is we're helping companies to, to find new solutions within their business model or helping to change the business model based on the opportunities that, that might occur left, right and center. And what that means specifically is that we're, we're using design thinking principles to come up with new routes of innovation.
0: So what is a solution, a typical solution, a client comes to you, a brand comes to you, what is it they're looking for you specifically to do to help them? get more of a brand awareness?
1: Brand awareness is one thing, but I think it sometimes starts with unblocking the view. So what happens a lot in our context is that a client is very stuck in knowing too much about a very certain field they have a very distinct expertise in what they do but sometimes this can be a blocking thing so what we're helping is we're bringing external ideas on board by bringing different expertises on board and finding ways to to create stimuli so in other words is there other things that you might be not seeing while you're stuck in your daily operations and this can mean many different things this can have sustainability as a background so a lot of companies approach us because they want to find ways to be more sustainable not just because it's a trend but because it becomes an imperative so what could be done could be on the communication side of things it could be on the product side of things it can be multiple different routes and then we assign or we assemble the team of experts to help solving that problem so it's very much an ecosystem approach versus a we are a solid entity and we're having a specific set of services.
0: Give me an example of working with a client, a memorable experience that really helped you grow in what you're doing and was very beneficial for the client and it just, you know, a win-win-win for everybody. What did that look like?
1: There's a lot of examples, I think, where, where I would say we created a win-win-win situation, but it's hard to put my finger on, on a particular project. There's one thing we, we did for a bigger hotel resort. And they were looking for ways to, to communicate the sustainability effort. The challenge there was to take a resort that is very well known for its luxury offerings. And, and this is based in the Maldives, so like the Maldives are known for turquoise, ocean, white sand and basically luxury experience. But their focus is really saying that we're, we're in this area where a lot of tourists come in, so we have a responsibility to create sustainable solutions for this environment. And what they did is they created this whole garden to keep them more or less self-sufficient. And we helped them to build the story around that. So we thought that this is something that is unique about this particular resort and this particular brand that their audience should know because they care about this kind of thing. And that's why we came in and helped them create that campaign.
0: Which is something that was on their radar previously, because like you said, you're introducing out of the box ideas to create those differentiators for your clients so they can see themselves differently and offer themselves in a unique way. Was that part of the strategy going into this particular project that they had not preliminarily thought of and you brought that to the table?
1: It's not necessarily that we brought that to the table because in this case it's not a particular differentiator but what we figured out is what really resonates with the audience. So what we do first is to trying to understand the context best we can which means finding out what resonates with their current customer base and potentially with people who are not their customers yet. And then creating the narrative that would resonate with them. So, yeah, in that case, it was more about expressing that and putting it together in such a way that it would resonate.
0: So you were talking about how things are changing rapidly. There is an issue of speed and agility that is necessary now. And trying to find the quality in small bites. And how are you dealing mm-hmm. with this? I mean, you've got a pandemic on one side of you. You've got clients that are unable to interface with you in the old school ways so everything has changed dramatically as you stated what is your company doing to address this and what kind of solutions are you bringing to the table that are leveraging this particular situation that we're in to help the client take advantage of something new new opportunity
1: yeah that's a really valid question that we started asking ourselves as well i mean Like I mentioned earlier, we we started to change from within and that was looking at our own business model and figuring out what would serve us well and what didn't. And the thing that served us well is the experience and the expertise on storytelling. But what we needed is is expertise from the outset that would help us to solve the problems at hand. And they're not necessarily just story-based. One of the things that we did is opening up to partnerships and building an ecosystem instead of working as a single entity. And that has helped us to solve the problems that we can't solve ourselves as simple as that. There's a big environment of of startups. Um, We now have the technology to use crowdsourcing um, to do co-creation of all kinds. Um, We can leverage the tools, as you said, we're using right now to do video calls, work remotely, all these things are possible. So the question was, instead of getting overwhelmed by all these possibilities, how can we use them to be faster at what we do and deliver fast solutions? And a lot of our clients have very big, solid structures, have big, solid business models that were really successful in the, in the past few decades, but they're now struggling because they can't move into these small niche spaces because they're simply too heavy. And one thing that we're doing as a, as a service is to help them to be agile by solving problems like a startup. So we're helping them to accelerate and fast track the process of innovation through co-creation, through crowdsourcing, etc., etc.
0: You know, it's interesting that you're talking about collaboration. It's something that human beings have been a bit weak on, let alone cooperation. You're talking about getting people together, Mm -hmm. which even this pandemic is going to force people to think in that way of leveraging relationships to provide a broader capability instead of being stuck in a, a little hole by yourself. You know clearly the more offerings you have the more valuable you are to the client so i i see where you're going with bringing in other collaborators with you to offer a much larger piece of the pie to your clients and taking some of the onus off you but still offering more capability through areas that you're not experts in but you're smart enough to know to align yourself with these strategic partners to provide these additional services that you can package up for them and give them a, a whole new way of looking at working with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, I mean, it, it comes down to allocating resources and being resourceful. I mean, we live in a time where we're running out of resources quite literally. So also how does it translate to our to our work environment? We also need to be strategic about using resources and finding the right outfit for a given challenge. Because the the, The language is changing the the language of things that we're using the mediums are changing so in order to to adapt to that we we almost have to we're almost forced to to use outside knowledge outside expertise and bring that in to fast track the learning phase that it would normally take to learn something new
0: singapore is really making incredible strides during this pandemic to do some really forward thinking uh, like you said this stuff has to be sustainable so i know they're creating these new environments where they're mixing nature with different types of buildings to to leverage the fact that we have you know in the past we've been separating ourselves from nature and now we're realizing Mm. that because of the threat of not being able to go out to nature because of the pandemic that we've been bringing nature to us and what does that look like from your perspective i can see you have a spectacular view behind you What are you noticing in Singapore specifically, how they are addressing this pandemic and they have shifted their worldview, their perception and just through absolute necessity are starting to make changes to make it better for human beings in general?
1: Yeah, I think um, this is super important what you mentioned. And Singapore is not only through the pandemic realized that this shift is necessary. They've actually been investing in, in sustainability and sustainability uh, initiatives very early on. So the buildings that you've mentioned that already exist, that's uh, intertwined nature and cityscape, they, they've existed for, for some time. Also, Singapore is really committed to the to the climate change goals of the SD goals. And they've developed sort of their own framework for that. So that Singapore has created the Singapore Green Plan 2030 in which they very clearly put down goals that they want to achieve. And one of them is building more parks, planting trees, becoming 30 percent self-sufficient in terms of food which they're going to achieve through vertical gardening i think it was only last week or two weeks ago that singapore officially started connecting the biggest floating solar panels in, that they have outside in the ocean so there are a lot of in, initiatives that they're um, seriously investing in to keeping the city free from cars as well and and obviously singapore is in a unique position to make these kind of investments because the frankly speaking the money is there but you also see that happening. So, So, and this is a good thing.
0: Are there ways that Mista can leverage what's happening around in this environment to either apply it in some way or make it part of the offering to your clients, who I would imagine many of them are local in Singapore. Can you bridge these new ways of thinking, these these happenings around you to your clients to offer a more robust package for them, something unique.
1: 100%, and that's exactly what we want to do because tying together interests um, can also help our clients to leverage their efforts. So let's say if somebody approaches us, if a client approaches us and they want to find a way to make the business more sustainable, Vaguely speaking, what could it be? Could it be a product development? Could it be something that is more energy efficient on the operational side? If we bring in an expert and then find a way to work together with, with, with government or with other institutions, that can create leverage on our client side as well. So definitely.
0: So tell me how you are now taking your music and audio experience and infusing that into some of these projects that you're on.
1: The first thing is that is the, the understanding that everything is connected and that's the same in music as it is in, in what we do now. And bringing it in, together in such a way that, that it creates a, a harmony is sort of the, the language that I would use to describe what we do now. One of our core principles is uh, we're, we're design thinkers. And design thinking and making music are very similar disciplines. It's about reiteration. Um, you look at the, the context of what you've created and you go in and improve it and improve it and improve it until you're finally happy with what you've come up with. So for me, the transition from that music making to to design thinking and solving complex problems is very smooth and seamless, actually. And similar to making music, it's, it's about bringing different components, different parts together and making them resonate. And I think innovation is essentially the same thing. It just uses different materials. It uses different resources and produces different outcomes. But essentially, it's very much the same thing as making music. And as you know, also in music, you don't just write with major chords. Like you don't create a a tune that is constantly going up. Like you create a movement that goes up and down. And I think this is this is an analogy, especially if you're looking at the times right now, that that also helps me to to utilize that, to, u- to utilize the lows in order to, to pronounce the highs. And this can also translate to the, to the working process. So how can you counterbalance something that maybe has a negative connotation to it? How can you actually use that power to, to build something out of it? And again, this is this is very vague in the way that I'm expressing it because it can mean storytelling. You can imply this in in, in a story, but you can also utilize this to to produce new outcomes.
0: My friend, Bob Harmonica, Bob had a great saying. He said, you need to disrupt the pattern. And he was speaking of music specifically. Mm. And you just kind of touched on that is it's not a linear thing. There's highs and lows and you're dealing with people's emotions and you're manufacturing an experience and you have total latitude on where you can take people because music is storytelling. So it's, it's very exciting that you had this previous love of the hard rock and the metal and, and how you've taken that and you've included that and leveraged that to be part of a creative process for you. You're the first guest who's come from that background in that way and assimilated into a different kind of a creative strategy thinking but we're able still to maintain those musical roots and use them, leverage those as tools to help your clients.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and it's all about perspective, right? I mean, it's, it's too easy to get stuck in linear thinking because that's the default for most people it is. For me, that movement is important. Linear thinking is also important for certain things, for certain problems, because it applies to a bus schedule, for example. Right? You, you need it to be sort of functional and, and therefore linear. But in the world that we're now entering, where information is, is always around, it's much, much harder to make these linear connections from A to B. You have to consider C and D and E simultaneously. And I feel like this sort of thinking that always came naturally to me, the systems thinking, like the using intuition to, to, to figure out like what does it mean, what, is, what, is, what does it actually lead to in terms of an outcome, I think this, this becomes more and more important in these times that we're moving in.
0: You're listening to The Pure Now Show, a creative podcast for creatives presented by Balance. And speaking of times that we're moving into, how do you see the industry going forward? Because there are shifts happening quickly. And like you said, people need to be nimble and ready to respond appropriately Mm. and have these solutions and be ready because clients are not dumb. They are getting the same information that you're getting in many ways. So... Having a savvy client means you have to be even more savvy. And uh, that's why they're coming to you. So based on uh, the acceleration of time and technology, how do you see maybe the next five to 10 years, how things are going to shift even more through the minutia? I mean, there's just so much content out there now and people are inundated. Mm -hmm. It's very confusing. I think people are generally alarmed at everything now or they're just unimpressed with things it's really hard for to get those new ideas in we're just so immersed in information and to create something different that people haven't seen they haven't heard to get their attention must be more challenging now than ever
1: oh absolutely and, uh, and it's for everybody i think one thing that is is a common headline for our times is uncertainty and you asked me what's the prediction for the next five or ten years for our industry and quite frankly i don't know what I'm observing, though, is that we're moving from a very heavy and solid structure to a very fluid and liquid structure. So everything becomes very instantaneous. And, and again, using the word change, ch- change happens more often and faster and from so many different directions that it's, it's impossible to keep track for everyone. So if you were to, to set yourself the goal that you want to be on top of all of all trends, I think you, you would you would set yourself up for burnouts. Right. Right. And what that means is that we'll have to figure out individually what makes sense in terms of the resources that we have at hand and the problems that we have at hand. So, for instance, one thing that I'm personally taking very seriously is climate change. I know that we can't just accelerate our economy based on exploiting the resources that we have. I mean, talking about the physical resources of the planet. Also, the, the, the mental resources, people are stressed, mental health issues are rising, the well-being market as a counter reflex is rising and you know we have to ask ourselves the question like where do we want to go i think we're now passing this information age information is available at a fingertip at a swipe our education system is very behind in that sense because we still teach children like to learn facts from books whereas now we have devices that give you this information instantaneously so what do you do with it you need to you need to transfer the knowledge you need to collaborate you need to bring people together in order to solve these complex challenges. It is impossible for an individual and therefore for companies as well to solve these problems by themselves. So one of the issues that I see for our industry in particular, especially for the large ones that have big overheads, that they will struggle to to, to make that change happen because the structure isn't there, quite frankly. And I think the structure needs to change first before you can enable new processes, bring in new talents to keep changing the output of the company.
0: How are you personally managing your life as far as balance between your professional career. You can't separate things. I mean, your life is your life, but you do go home at some point and you have that life Mm -hmm. and then you come to work. How are you making sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're meeting the needs on both sides, even though there's no duality, but you're meeting all your needs?
1: That's a good question because it's also something that's been keeping me busy for, for the last five years at least, I would say is defining ways to not just balance, but also to create harmonies within your work and your life, like outside private life experience, however you want to call it. I guess one thing that worked well for me, aside from the being you know, physically healthy and doing sports and exercise and sleeping enough and all the obvious, one thing that really helped me is to not differentiate so much between work and private life, but understanding them as interconnected things that you can't really separate because in terms of the time that you spend working I spend time working even when I'm sitting at home on the couch because I'm still thinking about stuff right So where do you want to draw that line? But what really helped me is to introduce play into my work days. So when I started the company I was actually being very rigid and very structured maybe typical German sort of mentality working off a schedule and you know being being very hard on myself with tasks and, and productivity etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And then I thought, this isn't really conducive to to having a good life, so what is missing? And for me, the missing element was play. So when you work as a music producer, you basically play. Of course, you arrange, of course, you, you work on it, but it, it feels like playing. And I thought, there's no reason that this wouldn't apply to, to my work. And I would argue now that, first of all, this is the most important thing for my personal health, for my mental health as well but it's also a success factor for the work that we deliver for our clients. Because you can feel that if there's an element of genuine playfulness and happiness and a satisfactory feeling, it just drives better results, 100%.
0: And your clients too. I mean, they're, they're just people. The clients that are coming to see you. What is the general yeah. disposition these days of a client? I mean, stress is running high. People have a lot of pressure that they either put on themselves or is being handed down to them. And I know part of your job is to make the experience enjoyable and as simple as possible to achieve the desired result. How is, or how do you see currently any difference between working with clients now or working with clients five years ago?
1: I think if I were to boil it down, I think clients five years ago had more answers. Now they have more questions. And what I mean by that is that five years ago, I would walk into a very established environment where the hierarchy is very clear, more or less, and the way of communications were very clear. So this is the brief. That's what you do. You get it done by that date. And then that's the job. And of course, that still exists today. But what happens today is, is more the question, like, how can we solve this? There's this new medium coming up. What should we do? So clients asking, should we get on TikTok instead of asking, like, what's my story? So there's a lot of uncertainty, even like infiltrating the, the, the client environment, which for us brings the challenge to manage that on a, on a personal side as well. So like you rightfully said, there's an emotional side in handling a client's uncertainty that is part of our job. And that means for us in, in a lot of ways to dignify that process and say like, Do you know what, it's, it's okay. It's, it's difficult for everybody to figure out, you're not alone or your com- competitors having the same problem. And even the, the very big companies have the same problem. So first of all it's okay to not know it's okay to figure out it's okay to explore that is part of the process really
0: everybody is going a million miles an hour and it really is probably (sighs) imperative that we learn to slow down and like they say smell the roses relax try not to take everything so seriously and and do things with a little more grace is that part of your process of working with your clients is get them to slow down and really engage in a more reasonable way than in such a hurried, frantic, unproductive way.
1: It's tough because it's not necessarily conducive if you ask someone who's running at a million miles an hour to slow down because it's simply not the pace that they're in. So we're trying to meet them at the pace that they're running at and trying to catch them there instead of going against that. It's the same thing that when somebody is is upset and you tell that person that well, don't be upset. It just doesn't work that way. And I think one of the general challenges that we're facing, we just just happen to be in that pace. So the question is, what do we do with with our resources? And in terms of, um, um, with resources, I mean our time and our attention. So what do you focus on? And one thing that I'm saying is, first of all, it's okay to be overwhelmed because I'm overwhelmed too, quite frankly speaking. There are times that, you know, you receive X amount of emails per day, you receive X amount of WhatsApp messages per day. There are times that I'm just filled up, so I don't want to do any more of that. But then the question is, what do I shift my attention towards? And I think the same thing applies for, for our clients as well, is to say, look, if you invest in that area, like if, you, if we come up with solutions together on, in this field, then that's helpful, that's supportive. You don't need to focus about all the other stuff just now because it might not be important. You will figure out right. with time.
0: How is the pandemic affecting you personally? How have you adjusted yourself? What problems has it created for you and what opportunities have come out of it?
1: It has affected me a lot. I would say from a point of view that how I see the world, how I see life, it made things a lot more precious and valuable that you might have taken for granted before. Our business was heavily affected with, with the starting of lockdowns last year because me, the production uh, was very much focused on hospitality and travel. So that's where we had our biggest client base. And obviously that's, that's the industry that got hit the hardest pretty much. And we had to find ways to rethink our business model. And the first thing that, that we did is to shift from focusing on outputs and goals is to focus on resources. So we actually took our thinking from the end to the beginning and thought of, like, what do we have? What is still there? If we can't move, what is the other thing that we can, whether we still have that we can use and how can we utilize that? If budgets are gone here, where have they shifted? Where's, where's that stuff going? And this is, I think, one of the biggest learnings on, on our side, is to truly learn to, to swim downstream instead of trying to swim upstream. Using it, using it as a compass, and, and, and utilizing the change rather than trying to, to, to brace yourself against it.
0: Versus trying to fight the current and you can't do anything else but fight the current. What kind of advice would you give somebody, whether they're just starting out or they've been in the business for a while and are just looking for some insight?
1: Find a way to make peace with uncertainty. I think one of the, the biggest challenges for people in, 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 in our societies and ours, in our current zeitgeist is the feeling that things have to be certain in, in some ways, but they're not. And I think the pandemic has been the best example for that. If you were to jump back two years in time, I mean, you would tell someone, do you know what, in, in a couple of months, this is what's going to happen. And you're not going to leave your house and you, everybody's gonna wear masks and people are gonna die. They, they would have lost their mind. They would have probably told you that you're crazy because this is impossible to think about. And now, you know, not saying that we got used to it, but it, it, has, it has somewhat created like a daily, daily routine sort of feel. And I guess the lesson there is change is possible at any time, not just from yourself, from within, but also from your environment. So you never know what to expect, which gives you the freedom to be agile, to be brave, to be bold, to go crazy, to stop what you're doing right now if it doesn't make you happy, and to actually starting something new that you feel more inclined towards. So I think one of the things that I would like to tell myself if I were to go back in time is just do it. Just be brave.
0: And on that note, what would be a vocation? What else would you choose to do if you couldn't do what you're doing now?
1: Well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I'm doing now because it's moving more towards making a difference that matters. So uh, again, like I said earlier, we're working a lot with helping clients on the sustainability side of things, which which is dear to me and makes me feel like there's a purpose behind what I do. Ideally, I want to do more of that and use the knowledge, the expertise that is growing and que- that keeps growing and also the network that is growing to make more impactful change happen to drive more impactful solutions.
0: And is your company doing anything as far as developing projects, uh, supporting companies that are increasing their sustainability? How is Meats not necessarily in a client facing way, but on the backside, how are you guys adding opportunity or supporting others in creating a new world?
1: First of all, building the network and and helping people within our network. So we take very much the angle of strengthening business models and strengthening partnerships and through that effort, helping making better solutions. In the the times of pandemic that meant for us um, delivering concepts, creating concepts, And giving them to people in in, in our network to improve whatever offering they have. But yeah, I mean, it's mostly focused on the business side, to be honest. First of all, I don't don't think we burn uh, many resources. Uh, That's one thing to start with. We're very lean as an organization. Yes, we use electronic equipment, but that's about it. We don't have much of a footprint. And the other thing is to roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty. And this can mean helping our partners to improve their solutions, their business models by creating a concept. This can also mean nudging our clients towards an idea that we can see where there might be an opportunity to to change certain things, being proactive.
0: Well, Martin, it was great to talk to you. You're a super cool guy. And uh, I appreciate that you were very forthcoming with uh, a lot of this uh, information. And uh, it's cool that you are in Singapore. I've never been, but I know there's a lot of proactivity happening there. And like you said, it's been going on prior to the pandemic. And I've been keeping an eye out a little bit on that. And I'm hoping that a lot of these amazing sustainable projects, as Singapore seems to be the model, will roll out from there. And that there will be some kind of an infectious experience that will happen. And people will start taking real notice of that and start implementing some of these amazing new ideas into these communities across the globe. I
1: think so, yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. And um, I sure hope so too.
0: (laughs) If you enjoyed The Pure Now Show, You can check out more episodes at balancestudio.tv or anywhere fine podcasts are broadcast. Pure Now is produced and engineered by Hi Ha Dang. Special thanks to our media sponsor, Maybe, and iDesign.vn. Thanks so much for watching.